Hey everybody, welcome to We Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment of the 80s and beyond. I'm your host, Michael, my magical, wonderful, uh, that's not a word, elf from beyond, Mindy is on the other side. <laughs> I, I don't know where I was going with that at all, I started just winging it, and that's never good. I'm not a good improviser, I really am not. No, I don't think so. You try to liven up the show, and I fuck it up. But... You called me an elf, and I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. Okay. Elves are... Hmm. I'm going to say yes, and I, let's just be honest. Okay, cool, because I'm, I'm not going to say, like, gnome or anything. <laughs> are elves supposed Once to be tall? Once upon a time, someone called me a sprite. A sprite? Oh, you know what? I actually like that quite a bit. That seems slightly more of a compliment i'm not really sure it does it's much better than <laughs> um anyway so it is the last gasp of summer so we figured we picked two movies that discuss or not discuss um show you kind of like the summer job the adventurous little thing you do during your vacation i'm tired as fuck and i don't know even know what i'm saying i quit <laughs> i feel like i need to start over i'm so tired <laughs> All right, so let me try that again. You all right? You all right? I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> I'm punchy. Uh, no, uh, we just wanted to talk about two movies that weren't your typical summer movies, you know, where they always go to camp or something like that. These uh, are more the job side of the whole thing, and they are more authentic than a lot of what we see in summer teen movies, especially prior to this era. These are probably the most recent movies we're going to discuss, Adventureland and The Way Way Back. Um, do you feel like this is like a more natural, like you, this feels like it really was the writer's lives. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you know, we've talked about movies like this before where there, it's like more of a slice of life kind of thing. Uh, just, just a a small snippet in time, uh, of some, like, I do know the way, way back. A lot of that is, you know, semi-autobiographical so uh i don't know about adventureland but i do know uh i at least reading it it did say um for the way way back it was definitely inspired by similar conversations that jim rash had with his own stepfather when he was that age yeah so anyway but yes i think you know these movies are a little bit more you know, they they obviously do have a purpose and a point, but it's more driven by the characters. And, you know, like I said, just, just a small moment in time um, that perhaps defines and helps uh, change the course of their life. I mean, The Way Way Back is definitely like a coming-of-age story where... You'd think Adventureland is, but really this guy is just, you know, 22, and he's still just as wayward as that 14-year-old kid. So uh, maybe well, it's I, still I coming he's, of age. I think he's I still know. a little more focused. He knows a little bit more about who he is. I thought this was right after high school. He was going to go into college. He was 18. Yeah. No. I also thought that they were... Um, in high school, I just assumed that this was a high school thing, too, but it's not. It's 100% not. He has graduated from college, and even Kristen Stewart's character is 
also she's a few years younger, but she's in college. Okay. Holly didn't catch so that. They I thought they're on their way. They just work there on the co- she's working there on her college break. So they're definitely a little bit older than I thought they were, but I think that it still really fits with the I mean, it just has a, a, a the vibe is right, I guess. Yeah. Well, it, there's so much that feels natural in both movies. I think there's a little more drama in The Way Way Back that's, you know, more about plot. Whereas Adventureland, it really does just seem like a total slice of life. And it's just mm-hmm. like a stream of consciousness of, you know, like him trying to remember what it was like, you know, as a teenager working for us. It feels authentic because we've been to so many of these, like, small-time kind of carnival little adventure yeah. kind of places well we had um oh doggone it indiana beach was kind mm-hmm. of like the big i feel like there's a couple others like i think there was one that we went to fun spot park what where's that one fun spot park yeah i can't remember where that one is uh i think that someone like took us to it like like a family member or something okay like well i know we went to one something. with our cousin kim and mom took us was that fun i spot? think that's I think so. Okay, we I had pages so. crossing, and there's always there was that one that we never got to go to, Jim Diamonds, um, in Fort Wayne. Oh, it's because it was a water park, and I think it looked too intimidating. To yeah, me. but there's always like those kind of on the cusp. They they seem like they're slightly above being like your summer carnival, you know, the uh, state fair kind of thing, you know, just slightly mm-hmm. above that. And there's something kind of like low rent and they really capture that like they purposely set up the game so that you fail you know the, the rides are constantly being worked on because they're old and gunky the the people who run it are just like hey we just do this during the summer we take the rest of the year off you know the, the, the uh, Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader as husband and wife are fucking hilarious and I love their conversations while putting stuff together like putting the googly eyes on <laughs> it's just uh, this one's I a mean, pirate <laughs> they just improvised this whole entire movie I think they did it's interesting says is that they were only on set for four days they did all their scenes in four days oh my god they shot this during the winter yes i saw that too and that was like oh wow so uh i mean it's it's a working it's a working amusement park yeah it's it's kennywood isn't that the like kenny kenny rogers like equivalent to dollywood uh i don't know this it's been around since the 1900s but here's my question it opened in 1898 holy shit it's still operating this park yeah yeah um you know i would i will say that it does definitely feel like a few steps above like um what's the what's the one we watched the documentary about yes exactly what i was thinking of action it's, it's a park it definitely the is a few a- steps above action park yeah uh it's not as dangerous uh but it's also you know they're clearly scraping yeah, by and it's, and it's the best they can. Basically, everybody in charge besides those two, and they must be working twenty four seven. That's why they get the rest of the year off. They must be paid a bunch of money for those three or four months. But it's basically run by kids, just like the way it was at Action Park. Right. If you haven't seen this documentary, it's on HBO Max, and it's fucking mind boggling. Action Point kind of does its version of it, but boy, they leave out a lot of the horror of what really happened. I mean, it's an interesting. It's like fun for what it is. But like seriously, the 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 documentary was so good. 
Yeah. It was just so fascinating to me because it really delves into the like sh- sneaky shenanigans and like messed up thought process of these people. <laughs> okay, so here it is. I didn't miss it. He just graduated from Overland College and was going to go mm-hmm. um, do a term mm-hmm. at Columbia University. Right. Okay. He was supposed to go to New York, share an apartment with his friend to go to Columbia. And then it all fell apart, and then he had to get a job and lost his apartment and lost his direction. So it's like, it's super weird that, the, the, you know, this movie, he's just like, okay, he gets a job because it was super easy and uh, it's a blow off. And obviously, there's some fun people, and he vibes on this girl real quick, whatever. But. There's no real, like, resolution at all, either. Are you laughing at me? No, I am... How can you tell what I'm laughing? I wasn't even making a sound. You... <laughs> I know you. No, I, know I was everything. looking at this, and I've seen Martin Starr. I must have missed this in the movie. <laughs> he has a degree in Russian... Or he's going to get a degree in Russian literature and Slavic languages, a degree which he claims will get him a job as a cabbie, a hot dog vendor, or a marijuana delivery guy. <laughs> how long... How recently have you watched this movie? I just did. I just have ADD. You know I'm terrible? <laughs> Sometimes. Oh my god, he's so funny in this movie. This changed his career, I believe. I mean, I think that he's like very, um, I mean, I think he, he's just sort of like a gem in everything he does, but I don't really think that he gets, uh, the respect that he deserves. But yeah. I do think you're right, that he really did, uh, there was a time when you, where you were just like, not seeing him very much before he kind of could transition from being like a kid actor to being an adult. Yeah. Well, I mean, before this, he was just a straight up dork. You know, he always just kind of played these inept buffoons. He was just doing another version of his character, Bill, from Freaks and Geeks for like a decade. And yes, he mm-hmm. was in Knocked Up and that helped. And I think he had a cameo in Superbad. Uh, this is from the director Super Bad. Two wildly different movies. I will take this a hundred mm. times over Super Bad. I know it's supposed to be real. There's some stuff in there. Even me, as filthy as I am, I get uncomfortable hearing about them talk about. But, no, um, thanks. So it was this, and then this led to Party Down, and I think those two back-to-back oh, really kind of put him in this corner so of being like, yes, he's a nerd, but he's also incredibly witty, very smart, and a little smug. And I definitely, yeah, Party Down, you can see that so much. Then, of course, that his character in Silicon Valley is really not terribly different. No, but something about, and that, that's the one that really made him. Like, everybody kind of recognizes who he is now. Yeah. Uh, he's he's the gold star in this movie. Yes, I think Kirsten Stewart, I think the, those, and yes, she made a ton of money with the Twilight movies, but I think it damaged her career so much. I still think it's hanging over her head, even though I, she's proven herself. Underwater is a fucking great movie. I think that on a personal level, it kind of messed her up on her personal life because she made some poor choices. And I mean, you don't know that you're going to be at a movie that's this massive and so 
oh fuck it's stupid yes but, but it does allow such, her such a huge following no i've seen other movies with her and i think she's great yeah you know uh, but she did a bunch of stuff before twilight she did you know runaways she's so good in, in that Panic i mean Room, i think is her debut right Panic Room, yeah, I believe so. Uh, but you know, she's—I feel like she she's done enough apologizing and yeah. enough trying to make up for this shit. I mean, Charlie's Angels is not a good movie, but she was she was a lot of fun in it. Yeah, I think the one thing Twilight can do though is get the smaller movies you want to do get greenlit. The same thing with yeah. um, Robert Pattinson. He had to work his way through some independent movies, you know, and like. Uh, Elijah Wood has, has gone that direction. A lot of these guys who are in big kids franchises or teen franchises mm-hmm. found a way to parlay that into independent films. Yeah. And Eisenberg, this is really before he blows up. I cannot remember what he did before this besides Cursed. There must have been something that he would get the lead in this. But after this, he does this in Zombieland, and that kind of cements him for that. I very mean, is this right time. before Zombieland? Yeah, it was about six months before. He was in the squid and the whale, which I think is maybe what got him noticed. Okay. The have you seen that? I have not. Uh, Jeff Daniels, Laura Linney, Noah Baumbach. Movie. Oh wait, was he in Roger Dodger? Is that his debut? That was also. Oh, in I Noah think Baumbach. he was the kid guy in Roger Dodger. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I vaguely remember that. Wow, that was he did a lot of like, you know, most of his career he's done more small-scale yeah. independent Whenever stuff. he shows up, though, in a studio film, I feel like he's just repeating the role that he does here over yes. and over and over. I mean, even when he was Lex Luthor, what the fuck were they thinking? Oh, God. <laughs> Lex Luthor. I will say, it looks doing... like his actual first job was that TV show that I never saw, Get Real, which was also the first thing Anne Hathaway did, I think. Okay. They were siblings. And Eric Christian Olsen was the third sibling. That's weird. Huh. How strange. Okay. Um, I know. But, you know, there's nothing really standout about this now, but I bet you at the time they're like, Jesse Eisenberg's really just killing in this movie. But since I'm so Mm -hmm. comfortable with him being this character, it didn't seem like it was really enlightening to me. But remembering that Kristen Stewart before Twilight, that was fantastic. And Ryan Reynolds before he was uh, an A-lister. This is the summer where he became an A-lister with uh, The Proposal and playing Deadpool Mm -hmm. the first time. And there's something just... Like, I feel like I always knew a guy like this growing up, you know, just yeah. kind of like, oh, he's somewhat handsome, he's kind of charming, but he's just like thumbing his way through the world, just trying to find something, and clearly, this Lou Reed story is bullshit. Oh, God, I know. He just uses that. Well, remember what time period this is, what, 1987, so that story has a very different impact, or meaning, value, then... I don't know. He's a hot guy. I don't think it would take much. No. Um, there's something about that rambling kind of thing that seemed attractive, I guess, in the 80s. Either you were a yuppie, an you know, upcoming yuppie, or you are one of those rambling kind of guys. No, here's the thing is, maybe his Lou Reed story is true. He just, I'm guessing, this is my imagination going, he jammed with Lou Reed not knowing who Lou Reed was. Like, he just, oh, some just random dude showed up while he was jamming on his guitar or something like that, he, and he didn't know who the fuck he was. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. Who knows? Um, I'm going to say that 
like there's nothing wrong with in this movie but i don't i don't really like it i don't really care for it like, really i, I really think enjoyed I, it. I think i thought it was good before but now it just kind of makes me sad i mean it's a more bluntly honest I think approach to a lot of the way a lot of teen movies were doing at the time where it seemed like we're still yeah. in the afterglow of American Pie where a lot mm-hmm. of it's still trying to yeah. raunch you out and a lot of like outrageous behavior and this is like you said a slice of life so it doesn't exactly go the way you think it's going to go right alright so that is an adventure that I truly loved it but um, I think the way way back is even better um, yes, it's well, a little more plot heavy and a little, I think, a little bigger acting, but the story, the coming of age part seems to matter more. Yeah, so the way, way back 2013, yeah, I think this might be the the most current movie that we've ever done. But one of the one of the movies that I think was so well, I don't even know if I can say it's underrated. Does anybody even know this movie exists? It's so good, and I don't know anybody who's seen it. Like, most of the movies we talk about, I think people are familiar with, you know? But I, I, I really don't know that very many people have actually seen this movie. Yeah, it's it did well. I mean, it did much better oh, okay. than Adventureland. Um, and it got critically acclaimed, did well at festivals, it did, you know, it debuted at Sundance. Uh, cost five million, made twenty seven million. I think uh, if I looked right, um, was it? I think nine million for Adventureland, but most of that had to have been the music. <laughs> I know Rock Me Amadeus isn't very expensive, but they did <laughs> played a lot more songs. That was funny when it was driving him crazy. He's like, it's like a thirteenth time today they played this damn song. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the eighties. That's the weird thing is that the, I also I thought this movie was also take place in the eighties, but it doesn't. No, but it's the brilliance of how they film it there's so yeah. many elements where okay so there's the 80s soundtrack or 80s covers mixed in with songs that are current but also sound old um they uh-huh. dress in very uh time wait am i saying the wrong word timeless clothing yeah. where it could be then or now it's very ambiguous yeah it, and every, i think that's a really interesting thing yeah it's it's a clearly a design concept where you cannot tell what what era it is because they don't choose any particular way of talking or 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 uh, looks. There's there's some stuff mm-hmm. gives away. I think there's a cell phone somewhere in there. There's a couple other things where it gives it away that it has to be now. But I think it's just supposed to be telling you that this isn't about this moment for one person. This is a universal yeah. story. Yeah. For everybody to understand and you you must. I mean, these guys are coming off of what's that? The, the Descendants. They had won an Oscar for uh, doing that movie, and this only cost $5 million, so it's kind of surprise that you know you guys won an Oscar and we're only going to give you the bare, bare minimum, but I guess it was in development hell forever, and they were just lucky that someone said, yeah, we'll make this for you. I kind of forgot about that, Descendants. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen it, but I know that they, they won awards before, uh, for that. I w- not that, I don't want to digress too much about that, but Descendants, I will say... What an amazing performance, unexpected performance from Matthew Lillard. Really? I haven't seen Matthew Lillard you, in forever. You really should watch it sometime because, you know, it's really against type, which I think is one of the things that makes this movie so interesting is Steve Carell, yeah. who's a character that he's never played before. And it's just like, who is this, like, 
macho dude and all of his like like ideas about what you know uh, i don't know he's all tan and kind of buff and yeah he's like, like kind of hot dude <laughs> kind of yeah i, I can see it's why really he made, weird he basically agreed you know for um scale on this movie uh knowing that you know and that's what he is now i think he made enough money off those handful of studio films that were hits I haven't seen him make a studio film in forever. And I think it's just he's more interested in making these little independent shows and movies where he gets to play against type or or he truly believes in what they're doing. And I'm sure no studio now would back him, um, you know, like in a bigger picture because they probably think he's just done. But he's proven himself for nearly a decade in these more art house films. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we really want to see a... you know, those big scale comedies that he used to do, like they weren't really that good. Yeah. Like he, this dude is, he has so much range that, and I really think that this was the first movie that he did like really choose a different kind of role and that he, you know, really takes a chance. And I think that there was two, you know, probably two reasons why he wanted to do this movie. One, because of that. And two, he was summering somewhere very nearby with his family so he could do both yeah he could he could vacation with his family and do the movie that sounds great um i'm looking right here so it looks like uh crazy stupid love seemed to be the one that kind of changed things a little bit for him uh then he did seeking a friend for the end of the world hope springs then he did that terrible incredible mr or burt wonderstone um alexander and the terrible horrible no good very bad day and then it kind of changed where he did fox catcher the big short battle of the sexes last flag flying vice welcome to marlin marwin was a studio movie but it's such a weird idea i'm stunned it's so weird but so good Have it you was it? it was great and it bombed horribly and i just the well, only thing i think is is that sometimes he goes too big with uh the yelling um, like oh, when he yeah. freaks out, but I'm also not a person who's suffering from PS, uh, PSTD. So, uh, what, who am I to say, you know? PTSD. PTSD. You, you know what? I forgot. He still gets all that Minions, Despicable Me money that he gives I mean, ever. it's great. Those movies are great. But also, have you seen Battle of the Sexes? Yeah, I Him just watched it. It is so, so damn good. Yeah, and I just, watching this is like the beginning of that change for him. Tony Collette has always been kind of someone who bounced in and out of indies. And yes. same for Sam Rockwell, but this was really probably a big get for them. I mean, what fantastic actors. I mean, Tony Collette, Allison, Janney, Sam Rockwell, just like there's so many good people. Yeah. I mean, Amanda Rob Cordry's yeah. kind of in everything. Amanda Peet, you know, I, I'm going to be honest about one thing is I kind of hate what is it is his name Nat or Nate Jackson? Oh, yeah <laughs> I'm sorry I hate him his I hate face him. he's I'm got sorry. a very punchable face I think he's fucking hilarious though in beer fest I mean he's <laughs> the thing funny, is you want but... to punch him in the face in beer fest yeah I think it's like the very first time I ever saw him was in like Orange County where he's like like super smarmy guy at that college party that she sort of stumbles upon yeah and he's trying to impress her with like his black like a uh, freaking turtleneck and he's just uh and I think that he just always plays those kind of characters and I always want to punch him in the face you know so- I was watching um 
What is the TV show? Damn it. It came after Freaks and Geeks. Undeclared. I thought that he was on Undeclared as a smart... And I got that... Because they both debuted around the same time. So I got him confused. Mm. I thought that was uh, his character. But I was, yeah, Orange County, you just cleared it up for me. Because I never saw him on the show. I was like, what was I imagining this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about his TV work. But he def- definitely pops up a lot. And I'm just like, nope. Always want to punch you in the face. Good thing you do a lot of voice work. <laughs> yeah, so this is another one that captures kind of the essence of a park. It doesn't get into the heavy details the way Adventureland does. Because this one, Adventureland, that is the core of the story. Everything is basically surrounding that place. Whereas the the, the swimming park, it's kind of part of it, kind of not. Um, it's mostly because he gets that part-time job without telling anybody. Where do they think he is all day? Just wandering around? Well, I don't know. They're just super, they're super, like, self-involved kind of dickheads who, I mean, they just get mad at him all the time, but they don't actually, like, try to talk to him or spend time with him or figure out anything. So what do they expect? So, yeah, it's a little strange that, I mean, I thought it was so funny when he found the, like, daughter's like little girl bike in the garage and he just starts like riding it around town yeah because he's so irritated and he just like needs to get away and And yes it's the swim park is like part of it but it's just a it's it's not as much of a an important part there's so much more going on with his mom and this weird family unit that they're like trying to force upon him that's really not healthy but nobody will do anything about it so he just leaves and <laughs> finds some connection uh with these people at this water park and sam rockwell is sort of like the equivalent of like ryan reynolds character but he's just his he's so much better of a person like right it's two actually, two sides of the same coin they're both man child yes. kind of characters yes. but one yes. is kind of the bad side where he makes all the terrible choices that are selfish and stupid and sam rockwell just loves goofing off and being like a kid he doesn't want to grow up because he feels like that's a level that he yeah. just never wanted. Like, misery is waiting. I know what this is like. I, I refused to grow up forever because I thought misery was around the corner if you chose that. And yeah, he realizes it's not there and that he's going to lose the woman that he's uh, very interested in, Maya Rudolph's character. And then maybe it's time for him to just accept some more responsibility, stop screwing around. And, and the yeah. funny thing is that the kid shows him up a lot. He's like, dude, you actually don't ever show up on time. We get all this stuff done before you do. You, you show up, and that's not how you do it at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like he does kind of like the kid is like a little bit is more mature than this grown-ass man. And it's just, I think they definitely learn a bit from each other. Like the kid needs to have a little bit more fun and a little more confidence. But this man needs to actually act like a man sometimes. Yeah. I think, you know, they they learned a little bit from each other, which was really cool. And, yeah, Maya Rudolph was sort of like, wasn't a huge role, but, you know, her their little banter was a lot of fun. And, you know, how much she just, like, put up with his bullshit. <laughs> it was just so <laughs> Well, here's funny. the other big difference. I think that is... Sam Rockwell is just... A fucking gem. He He's is. Just such... We were just talking about it the other day. Like, I can't find Box of Moonlight anywhere, which I think is the first <gasps> oh, time we God. really saw him. Box, not Box of Moonlight. No, Lawn Dogs. The one that he did with yes. Misha. What's the one from OC? Misha Barton. Oh gosh, I kind of forgot about that. That's such a good movie. Oh. Um. 
So, what I was also thinking is the main difference between Ryan Reynolds' character and Sam Rockwell's is at no point does Ryan Reynolds' character ever care about anybody but himself. No. But Sam yes. Rockwell, from the beginning, is empathetic to this young boy who is lost and frustrated, and 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 he's with him the entire movie. He never betrays him. He may fuck up, you know, with his uh, behavior, but at no point is he malicious or does anything really selfish. He just doesn't think. Right. And he's so protective of him. And that, the end of the movie, when he jumps out of that car, I almost cry. Because he goes there to say goodbye to everybody yes. and have one last ride, you know, just one big championship ride. And it's the right answer. His desperation with his mother, because she knows. But she's too yep. scared to do anything because she doesn't want to be alone. Just begging her to do something. I mean, it's a very powerful film. Yeah, I definitely think... Um more people need to become aware of this and, and check it out because it is really just so many good actors such a nice like I mean it's it's not all like you know a cute summer movie it has some of that but it definitely is you know a coming of age story where you really get to see this kid like come into his own even though he's grappling he is figuring out some things about himself and um it's it's just a really it's just a really fucking good movie. Yeah, uh, shortest episode we've done in a while, but really, there's nothing really to debate, you know, argue about on this. Like some of them, like we're like, mm, well, this is good, but this isn't. Two really really solid movies, pretty easy to find. Didn't do that well at the theaters, but did well on uh, on video. Um, two thumbs. Way, oh, I'm gonna get sued. Two boogers way way up i'll think of something better i swear to god <laughs> two big splashes yeah that... <laughs> you're 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 so mature you're I really know. working on that two I rock me amadeuses <laughs> so uh right. summer is basically over with we're gonna be going back to school so we're gonna try i know school is depressing for everybody so let's try some silly stuff we're gonna watch uh it's the 25th anniversary of high school high and the 20th anniversary of not another teen movies two Fun little pictures that are spoofing the whole genre. Love it. Yay! Do you even like parody movies? I can't remember. Some people can't stand them as they get older. Mm, if they're... To some degree. Yeah. I mean, like, did I super enjoy the very first, like, scary movie? Yes. Did I feel the same way by the time they had made seven of them? Maybe not. <laughs> no. Uh, I remember surprised by the third a, one being know. good. So, yes, mostly, but, you know, some of them are done really, really badly, so... Yeah, oh, anything in the last decade or so has been, from those two guys, it usually says, uh, not another teen movie and scary movie are the only two parodies that have the word movie in them that are any good. The rest of them are truly... Maybe superhero movie. I feel like that was from a totally different team, but there's these guys that did date movie and epic movie and vampire suck and furious or something like that i can't remember what it was fast and furious parody no thanks yeah so those guys suck um but that is it for this episode check us out on facebook under hit rewind and have a good night